0: Never seen a founder or investor with such a great network of deep tech talent than than Eugene. Um, that's just one of the many value points that I see him bring to his portfolio companies: is this network of talent and engineers. And if you can figure out a way to get a regular cadence of meetings with Eugene as your investor, you're gonna you're gonna benefit from from those things. So um, those are are um, some of the things I, I hoped that we covered, and I think we've gone over the. The list of topics. So, I'm going to hit the Q&A button right now. And and um, Carlos Candelero has asked um, how the pandemic has impacted the process of raising seed capital. Um, and he says very smartly, how is the end of the pandemic going to affect the process? And I think, Eugene, you might have some thoughts to share.
1: Sure. So, in the beginning of the pandemic, we have a few companies in our portfolio raising their Series A that uh, got term sheets, and then when everything shut down, those the investors got scared and pulled those term sheets, which is uh, not a very nice thing to do. But that was kind of the time, which uh, uh, these companies uh, we helped them find uh, alternative investment uh, and helped them find uh, extend the rounds. But in a, a few months after we saw that a lot of the investors came back to the table and started writing checks. And if uh, I I believe that currently it's fairly easy to get access to the VCs and to present uh, your uh, company. Just like Louis said, most of them are working from home and uh, are not traveling, so there's more time but at the same time, we do get a lot of inbounds uh, that we have to go through or our team has to go through. In the end of the pandemic, <laughs> I think some of the VCs are going to take some time off and actually fly somewhere. But <laughs> we'll see. So it might slow down a little bit.
0: I think you're right. I think it's going to slow things down. Karen and Raymond, how do you see the end of the pandemic, or? Do you see an end to the pandemic? I'm not sure that I do see an end. I I think I see, you know, here in Silicon Valley, we are still, I would say, 75% locked down. You know, most restaurant eating happens outside rather than inside. And and it's um, very, very few people are going into the office. Uh, offices are generally closed. People are talking about July or September or, or January of next year. So the, the, the opening seems like it's slow and I guess that's my first response, Carlos, but Karen, once, you know, folks are going back into the office and I don't know if, if, um, you think that that's going to have a big impact, you know, how do you see the, the fundraising process, um, changing? Aaron, are you there? I'm going to flip that over to Raymond.
2: Oh, sorry about that. That was uh, that was my bad. Um, I, I think it's the question of the year. You know what's going to happen over the next couple of months. We hope that there was a, a lag in companies being founded due to the pandemic. In other words, they had more time on their hands, as as Brett did, and decided it was a good time to get something started. So we hope that that same lag will carry us into the months following, you know, quote unquote, the end of the pandemic, so that there is a, a continued influx of uh, of new companies and new founders, and uh, we know that there's there's capital to go around. So, looking forward to lots of new ideas as and as the as the transition continues. Uh, I personally am vaccinated and heading back out onto the road. I'm, I'm doing a little road show to, uh, to Austin, Texas, um, and to Miami because I think there's, there's something that says, like, if you haven't yet been to Miami, you're not a real VC. I'm not sure, but um, I'm going to make that road trip and find out. I'll let you know.
1: It's Darren, a I
3: run. have
0: this theory that all the VCs there just moved there for tax purposes, but none of the startups did. But I, I don't know. <laughs> please tell me when you – please write me a postcard, old school, and I mean old school. Uh, one that goes in the post. Um, Raymond, how do you see the end of the pandemic, or do you?
3: Um, I do see an end, uh, part, you know, a slow transition. Um, but I, I'm also, at the same time, I'm also wondering about you know, the, the bubble burst. That may happen, you know. My thinking is uh, probably in the next one year, sometime there. So it, that's where I, you know overlap with the end of pandemics, right? And I think as a VC personal, I was thinking about okay, I will spend less time traveling because it just I just realized how much time I wasted on traveling, right? <laughs> uh, so probably less, uh, but only attend, you know, a few, you know, uh, sort of le- much less, you know, uh, sort of uh, individual meetings uh, because I mean we can do this virtually. Okay, that's more efficient. So I would, I would sort of, as entrepreneurs, I would say, okay, pay attention to the to the macroeconomics, to the market condition, uh, condition, But do have confidence uh, in a lot of industries? They are going through, you know, this digital transition because of pandemic. That's gonna be long lasting. Yeah. So have confidence in what you are doing, but think about timing as well. Um,
0: great question. Nicole, I'm going to send you a softball here. Robert Fennell – hi, Robert. Good to see you, my friend – asks, what line lines do you see early-stage companies step on during execution of our high-resolution plan? And I think this is a softball for you to share just two or three funny war stories of um, well-executed plans gone wrong because of a legal problem. Uh, yes.
4: Yeah, my. My favorite kind of stories. Um, so I think the, <laughs> the most, the most I think landmine that I've seen in the most number of deals is not having a handle on your cap table before you go to raise, and sort of investors or people that think they have equity popping up, and that comes from not having a good process um, and managing all of your equity holders and getting on a platform like Carter or Cap Tableio, something that can manager equity and working with legal counsel um, that can derail a financing because if those kind of things pop up and investors are, you know, not going to own what they think they own. Going back to Brett's point earlier, it is a lot about ownership. And if anything comes up that jeopardizes their ownership um, can really derail a deal. So just getting handle around that, um, I think it's been the number one issue. And then of course, IP issues, making sure that the company owns IP and not, people um, and founders out there. So we don't want any IP in individual founders names. We want it all at the company level. That's a a really important part, Um, our point as well that we see come up a lot.
0: Uh, Thank you, Nicole. Um, That cap table one is just the best. I I can't tell you the number of founders that that make promises to to employees and, and even offer me shares. And I have to say, no, no. And if you're offering me shares, geez, I can't imagine who else you've done this to. Please stop. You know, <laughs> shares are only offered uh, in writing uh, and, and after they've been approved by the board. Um, uh, another great question for you, Brett, is uh, tell us about the accelerator process. How can you be of importance to a pre-seed company in preparing for the next round? And thank you, Ed. Well, the,
4: yeah. So I think the <clears throat> short answer, two short answers. One is that a good accelerator will help get you ready for investor discussions. In other words, have all the stuff that one should have to have done your homework and be ready to have discussions with investors. And then the other is that a good accelerator program should help make introductions for you to targeted investors who may be be relevant.
0: Um, Thank you, uh, Brett. Um, I, I see another really good question, and I'll, I'll put this over to you, Eugene. Um, how do investors in the conversation feel about multiple safes in a cap table or said differently uh, coming out to do another seed round after a pre-seed round and both are safe? Um, and so maybe there's just a step up in the the, the cap and valuation, or a step down. Uh, maybe there's a, a, a difference in the in the discount. Um, do you, how do you feel about investing in a safe upon a safe? Do you care?
1: So We've done it multiple times. It's now becoming more of a norm. So a lot of companies are now skipping the traditional seed ground and understand because there's legal fees and doing a full traditional priced seed ground. So they do saves at different price points and then they all convert in series A. Uh, I give you two to one ratio. So basically you inv- you invest a dollar and the first save and you have to invest two dollars in the second save on the on the higher valuation at some of the hot companies. So we see many different things nowadays in that. Uh, but if you love the company uh and uh this is something that you really want to be part of, then we do those saves.